So let's begin with a prayer. So grateful and so thankful that love is the thing that we have in common. <laughs> so grateful and thankful to open our hearts even more. So grateful to relax into the fullness of love, into the peace and the joy, the freedom, the clarity, the wisdom, opening our hearts and minds to our true nature, our true identity, shining forth. We are truly grateful, truly thankful. We dedicate our time together to the healing that we desire to the letting go of the false thoughts and beliefs. We hold each other in the highest and say yes to the highest and best for everyone. We call it forth, we bring it forth, and we share the benefits with all. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, indeed. So, um, just before we get into today's topic, um, I feel like somebody's burning to share something. And um, also, if anybody has anything, uh, there were, I think, a couple eulogies that haven't been done. So, if anybody has anything they'd like to, to bring forth before we go into today's topic, any kind of sharing? Now's the time. Hmm. All right. Oh, there she goes, Robin. Oh, Carla. Yep. Carla, then Robin. Now I'll go for Robin. She can go. What, honey? Robin can go. All right, Robin, you want to go first? Uh, Jennifer, are we reading our future um, eulogies? You can. You definitely can, yes. I kind of got two things, so I, I'd just like to read this and, and then share something else, and then I'll try to be quiet. But um, <laughs> You better. <laughs> just you try. So this is my, my eulogy for 20 years out or however long. It says, we've come together to celebrate and honor Robin. And I use some of the same um, ideas in my first one. So I'll just share that. You'll hear some repeat, repeats. Sure. Robin's life was one big stream of love, a fountain of love, where she locked into the meaning of life and chose love in the circumstances that came her way. In earlier years and most of her life, she wasn't always sure of her choices, but she was always sure that bringing love and kindness to them was essential. Her deep desire to grow in spirit was her passion, and seeking spirit's love and light above all else was her purpose. For most of her years, she was always looking for that inspiration of God's love in her life and the lives of others. She yearned more and more for spiritual connection and a better way of being in the world. 
as she began to focus on spiritual awakening and a path towards enlightenment, she became more and more focused on unlocking the key to living a life of wholeness and a life of holiness. It became her passion, her drive, and her heart's desire to know and to serve God in deepest love and gratitude in all things. Quiet time, reading, prayer, and meditation became her still point for spiritual practice and the spiritual qualities were of utmost importance to her spiritual growth and awakening. Quiet time taught her to slow down, breathe, and pause. The spiritual qualities became an opening, a way of lifting the veil and entering into the presence. Over the years, these practices unfolded naturally from within and became an integral part of living and extending love into the world. Having time to sit quietly in the mornings was a precious gift, and she was deeply grateful for those moments of insight, contemplation, and reaching a stillness that is that in precious moments of awareness opened her mind and heart into the vast sacred oneness of the divine. Quaker meeting was a beautiful, practical, well-worn path of practicing love and forgiveness with like-minded beings and gently supported taking lessons learned out into the world. Meeting was her home, a place that showed her where she was in her life, a testing ground, so to speak. She felt deeply that if she couldn't live her ideals, ideals of love and forgiveness in Quaker meeting, it wasn't likely she could do it elsewhere. Keeping this clear vision in her heart was vital and long-standing. Loving, a loving gift to herself, meeting, and everyone honoring her today. Robin also spent years studying and living A Course in Miracles and found a compelling, wise, God-centered, spirit-led teacher. She joined her and her thriving online community, a worldwide community based on unconditional love, compassion, and non-judgment. The love and wisdom of her teacher, the community, and the teachings deeply changed Robin's life. The teaching was a revolution in mind training and an ongoing revelation of God's infinite love and grace for everyone. Robin's later years were filled with spirits shining love and light. She had come to dwell in oneness with the divine and was an extension of that love for her beloved family, friends, and everyone she encountered. She fully opened her heart to being the fulcrum of love in her life and others. She quietly accomplished God's will for her life, listening deeply to the whispers of Holy Spirit and following the guidance for God's love, peace, and joy. Her deep desire to surrender deeply and to be led and guided by Spirit in every breath opened many blissful years of heaven on earth 
for her and all those around her. And this is just a little share. Robin's mother-in-law, Elsie, lived next door and gave the family a sapling pecan tree to plant in their backyard. That tree is 55 years old. Robin loved the tree and felt its love for her and enjoyed many hours resting in its beauty. Here is a short reflection on her beloved tree and the beautiful songbirds that came to the theaters and bird band. I love and am grateful for the splendid beauty of the pecan tree and its sweeping boughs that lovingly embrace me. I am grateful for the songbirds that flit among its branches and love getting to know them and am delighted in their presence. I am grateful for the blue sky peeking through its green, sun-dappled leaves, its lovely shade, and the refreshing cool breeze it offers under its meditative offering, a beautiful resting place in God. And from A Course in Miracles, one of her favorite quotes, in quietness are all things answered and is every problem resolved. Wow. Wow. Did you write that uh, in the time since the intent this week? Before. I think I was ready to read it the last time we met, or but we ran out of time. I had to go get my girls from school and stuff. Well, I just want to point out to everybody in the group that Robin is uh, leading the way so we can all experience heaven on earth. I think that's wonderful. It's a great aspiration, including us all in your heaven on earth hug. How does it feel to read it out loud to us, Robin? Oh my goodness. It's such a, you know, it's like, well, I'm not there, but it's such a yearning and it does help my heart. It's, I just, it's, uh, I feel like my heart is soaring as I was reading it. It was reaching up. Yeah. Or, and really maybe just being in the flow while I was reading that and writing it. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that assignment, Jennifer. <laughs> You're welcome. That I, 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 My eyes won't stop watering. <laughs> it's such a... It's such a testimony, Robin, to the shifts that you have embodied over the years that you're holding this vision for yourself and for those around you. It's a great contract. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It was very challenging, of course. I mean, it was very challenging, but now I'm so deeply grateful and um just in listening to last week's people uh, rewriting their original one, I, you know, I hope that I can take some time with that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Anybody else like to comment? Linda? Yeah, I just want to say how how beautiful and how beautifully dated that was and how I could just feel like the essence of who you are. Yes. And the, the beautiful image of you sitting under that tree. Yes. Just meditating, resting. Thank you so much for that. It was beautiful. I agree. I'm, I really thought about, oh, I'd like to plant a tree like that. I don't think pecans would grow here, but. Any tree will do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the connection to my mother-in-law, um, there's just so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And Linda, I think it was you, but certainly there was someone who expressed their love of nature. And I was like, oh, I haven't even shared how much nature, I, it just how aware I, uh, I am of it at this time in my life. And then the thought of my little, it's not exactly a poem, but I wrote that several years ago because that tree became my lifeline as I retired and transitioned through after working 24 years and like, okay. So that tree was solid. Yeah. Thanks. Beautiful. Here we go. Diane? Robin, um, thank you so much for sharing that. I um, I felt like Jennifer said, wow, um, her first comment, and I felt very awestruck um, by, by listening to that. I, I listened to most of it with my eyes closed, and I felt, you know, I felt like um, it was so clear, um, and I just felt like each each word was chosen, and uh, was was kind of streamed together in such a beautiful uh, story, and it, it, for me, it was like there there were these chapters um, in your eulogy that were just so clear and vivid. Um, it was it was just such a wonderful experience. So thank you for sharing, um, and and I really I agree with with um, Linda and Jennifer about uh, you really honing in on your essence that. That was just so apparent to me, and um, and I do love that you included about your your tree because um, Robin had shared that uh, part of that story with me about when she retired and spent so much time under the tree and was so healed by that experience, and and it that has really helped me a lot um, over the last few months. That that story about the tree. So thank you for sharing it again. I'm really blessed um, to have listened to that. Thank you. Well, it's been being in masterful living that has helped me be able to do, write something like that. So thank you, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And all of you who carry me, bring me along with you. I just feel like you bring me along. 
it's not always easy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, yeah. And I, I, um, I would like to say that I went to the, uh, just take a moment to say, I went to the spiritual counseling training intensive. And it is a miraculous story. And I will just say that I've had a breakthrough. And, you know, maybe I'll share little pieces along the way. It's just so much I had a miraculous visit yesterday. My daughter, who never we never get any time alone, uh, said, Mom, can I come and visit you tomorrow? And she had news, and then I, we just had this lovely day from 9 to 2.30 where she could share her news, and I could share and tell her all about my experience at the re retreat and she was just like mom I am with you I am so proud of you and that was a miracle to be able to have my daughter and we had this luxurious time and that I could just tell the story fall out sitting under the tree and the glorious weather and having her full attention and, not, and I mean it's just a, a, a miraculous experience really high volume miraculous so I am so deeply grateful for the opportunity that I was allowed to even go did you share with her the things you shared at the retreat everything Uh, what, what my, my, when my children, this is obviously about my, the, the pregnancy, and as my children became of age, when my eldest son uh, started dating, or um, I, I said, Ian, I said, I want to share a story with you. And, and I asked him, and he was so sweet at whatever age, and learning that there was a, a child, that I was the mother, and he, he just was, couldn't be more open and loving. And I said, Ian, I would prefer that you not share this with Molly and Trevor, because I, I would like to be able to share it with them. And, and, and that, you know, I asked Molly, I said, Molly, did Ian come? And I said, it doesn't matter now. And he said, no, Mom. We know, no one has ever spoken of it. And she said, I am so happy to walk with you as you go forward. And so I've got my daughter and all of you and my husband, and uh, we'll see who else joins in. But um, I'm moving forward, and I've been waiting for this knowing, and I had to have it. 
and the most exquisite part of going to, there were so many exquisite pieces about being at the intensive, but what it allowed for me is to have the knowing that I had been looking for happen. And it was just so profound. And there's just so many exquisite reasons for going. My intention was to have, was to go and have a breakthrough and have a healing, and that happened. So anyway, I, it's just too glorious to even talk about. And, and I'll just say it's so extraordinary, but then it's ordinary, too. I mean, it's just like this quiet happening. I just find that spirit is is so beautifully quiet and in its doings or in its revelations and that quietness has been a part of my transformation in these last few years being in masterful living. There's this stillness and this quietness that has come forth to mean so much in the way I take this walk. I hope I can keep walking the walk It really, it really takes some courage, Jennifer, you know. It does, it does. It really does. It does get easier. The more we open our heart, the more we relax our heart, the softer our heart becomes, the easier it gets. And it, it does, there's like a, a hump we have to get over. Well, I experienced that at the retreat. I was on one side, and then I got to the other. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I saw you do it. I know. Congratulations. Answer prayer. Yeah, but it does take a while to accept the answered prayer. Well, yeah, I was at that space of, are you going to do this or not? And, and Jennifer, just thank you for holding that space so beautifully for me. It's my honor. And I drove 500 miles yeah, you did. to and back again with little angels along the way. My GPS can never work properly. And, and I mean, so, I mean, it's just the whole story is just amazing. And I could just get scared and frightened. And then I could just say, I am just in spirit. And I am well loved. And I am not doing this alone. And it's just, it's just so incredible. So anyway, that's enough. Thank you. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful.
Hmm. All right. Well, Carla. <laughs> or does anybody want to respond to Robin? Excuse me one second. Does anybody want to respond to Robin? Lana. I just want to say that, Robin, you lift me up, and I know I speak for the whole group. You lift us up. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Carla. It's... You know, I need to let Robin go first, because I need to hear exactly what she had to say. Aww. Robin? Aww. I'm say this without crying. So, <clears throat> I'm just going back Saturday from 10 days with my mother. And my sister was there two days. And I felt when I heard Robin share, I heard breakthrough. I heard breakthrough. Yeah. And I know this was this for me, too. My trip. really interested in seeing that aspect and feeling the aspect of it, but it comes and goes, but it consistently leaves me. Because I got to see a lot of mistakes that I made, and I don't want to dwell on that because the blessing is I got to see them and I'm not continuing doing them, right? That's the blessing is not that I was shown, because I think I've always been shown, but that I was willing to allow myself to see them without, and I don't think I was totally without judgment. And it was a very challenging time because everybody told me, Something's wrong with me. And that's an issue I've been working on for a long time. And I hear that, the breakthrough in you, Robin, that shift. I couldn't, so I'll tell, us, tell this one of these. I couldn't seem to do anything. I couldn't even stir the milk on the stove right. Someone had to tell me how to do it. Nothing. And it was a very challenging 10 days. I think I'm realizing that it's only a reflection of my life for this life for many years that I've been telling myself I'm not doing it right or something. I've been focusing on I think more than I'd like 
the challenge instead of the blessing in it. There's always there. I don't know why this is still healing something. I don't know why it upsets me, but I think actually I do know why. Because I'm telling myself, I am still telling myself that I haven't done it right. I'm so grateful. I really didn't want to. I've been uh, maybe spiritually by. I know this is a blessing, but I'm not willing to let myself feel it. I can't hear. I can allow myself to do it. I can't do it when I'm alone. So I don't know what I'm to get out of all this. I know I'll be shown and I'm willing to receive that without judgment and with love. There's no other way. Well, there is, but that I'm interested in receiving it. So, I also want to address Robin that what I heard from your eulogy is what I'm interested in moving on from this, letting this go. And uh, let go of focusing on it, believing it. And what I heard in your eulogy is the possibility, the probability that it can happen. 
that is happening, but doesn't feel like it, I think. So this is such a testament to how everything is helpful. That I didn't, I thought it was my ego not wanting to share initially, yet what you shared in your eulogy was exactly what I needed to hear. And I had no idea. I'm judging it. Me? Really? And that's what I want to heal. I never have believed that it's possible. But it is possible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And whether I fall back into it for a second or whatever, it doesn't mean anything. Except another opportunity to practice. So I feel better just expressing. I think I have a friend, but I think I had a question, but I don't remember it right now. Thank you. Carla, what I sense you're feeling, I've experienced myriad of times my own version of it. And I know that it's healing right here, right now. And the biggest challenge is not to put any more energy into it. And I also know that it is coming up for healing, as you know. You have such a strong intention for healing. And you know what, Carla? You know what they said about Jesus, you know, being how you're treated as a prophet in your own land, that it's so common that where others will appreciate us, value us, accept us exactly as we are, sometimes our own family will reject us. And it's just a very common thing. Many spiritual students and teachers. And that's what you are. And I'm sorry this was so traumatic for you.
Well, you said that, and I don't know how you said it, it like, kind of, the bigger the upset, the bigger the healing or something encoded in it. Yeah. So I know my family's really helping me. I know they are. Just haven't been able to get rid of the attachment to wanting them to see me as I am. I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> to, to let go, to. I don't want to say it. No need to rush anything, Carla. We are eternal. Anybody like to share anything with Carla? Linda, and then Lars. I just want to thank you for being so brave. Because it gives me strength. I know it raises everybody else up as well. So thank you. Yeah. Lars. I also would like to say thank you. I feel very touched. And I feel very touched deep inside of me. And I can really so much relate to Carla. I feel this deep healing of the heart. This, yeah, it's like my heart is moving up and down. I feel there's so much energy in this and coming forth. It's very deep for me, extremely deep. So thank you for making this possible for us all. Mm. Yes. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, Linda. Robin, 
so many things to say to you, Carla. You lead us on. You, you are so brave and courageous for sharing your deepest feelings. And I, I really did not think that I was going to make it with this particular situation. And and you know this, um, it was just my deep desire to keep focusing on love and light, keep focusing on resting in God, and kind of putting the problem or the upset down and um, something so beautifully that I got uh, at the retreat was I can step into a new story now uh, that might not sound helpful, but the old story, it's like I, I just do not have to keep telling that same story or having those same feelings or those same upsets because it's not true. And um, I really, really, I, you are, you yearn, your heart yearns. We all know that yearning. And I still am yearning. But you are walking the walk. There's no turning back. And I just put each step putting our our eyes on the light and the love. I encourage you all of us to just more and more just look towards the light in our lives. And that's where the answer lies. And that's where the awakening comes forth and Sometimes it takes a great more determination than we feel we actually have, and we just uh, move forward in that because it is the only thing that we have. So I, I don't know if that's helpful, but you are a guiding light to all of us, and you are such a teacher. So thank you. I want to say one more thing before I forget. <clears throat> Whenever you spoke earlier, when you met with your daughter, and she said she was going to walk with you through this or something like that. So I heard everything you said, but that was really sometimes things people say flash or something. They like have little neons or I don't know how to express it. That was shown to me that, <clears throat> that not only are all you guys doing that already, that to be open to that, to allow that, or I don't know what to say, but 
that was very important. That I felt that that was very important to know <clears throat> that even then, when I was there in that house with people around me that seemed not happy with most everything I did, I was never alone. Mm. Yes. I didn't remember it most of the time. <laughs> but whenever I left, I, I felt it. And so, thank you for reminding me of that. Yours. You know, there's a reason why they say it's always darkest before the dawn. It just is a fact. And there's a dawning. It's clear. We do have to shake off needing and wanting and craving anyone's approval. Anyone's acceptance. Because only the ego craves other people's approval and acceptance. Because the spirit knows we are one. And that the love is perfect, unbreakable. Yep. And I have to say that for me, I, I would venture to say for almost everyone, that is the hardest part of this journey of life, is releasing the attachment, the craving, the needing, the yearning, the wanting approval from others. It's one of the, it's the most deeply challenging. Lars? I just would like to share a very touching story for me in this regards. Last week, my uncle died. I've written it on Facebook, a prayer request. And I had the impression that he came to me, he spoke to me when he died. He spoke to me that he had no, it, it, it sounded so real to me. He had no, I, I, I must admit, I didn't have such a good relationship with him during my lifetime. For he was, he seemed to be, it was my projection, of course, he was very materialistic and a little bit superficial, I thought. And he said to me, he had no idea what I was doing here, what spiritual work I was doing during his lifetime. But now he started, now when he was dead, he started really to understand that it was really a light work, which was really helpful. But he couldn't really understand it during his lifetime. And this is so much in relation to what Carla just shared. That sometimes our relatives cannot understand it. And maybe they're giving us back a projection of ourselves. And this is really our deep healing work to really allow it to flow into our hearts and really accept it just the way it is. And this is really very challenging sometimes. But the story is not over. Yeah. This is the wonderful thing about it. Yeah. Story is never over.
Yeah, you know, Carl, it's a totally different thing, but I remember last year, the year before, my sister-in-law got aggravated about something and it turned into a big thing. She's Catholic and she's not a staunch, pushy Catholic at all. She's very mellow about it and, um, um, and she goes to church every, every week almost every week. And even when she's on vacation, she finds a church and goes to church. And which she didn't do before she had children, but she does it now. And um, she was upset about other things and projecting it onto me a couple years ago. And she said to me, and you know something that really bothers me is, why won't you go to church with me? Why? Why won't you go to church with me? You're so into God. Why won't you go to church with me? And I just said, you know, I, I have been to church with you, and I just don't feel called to do the Catholic Mass the way they do it at your church. And I just don't, I don't feel compelled to go and I could have said to her and let me just ask you when I am speaking why don't you come to see me you would like me to go hear your priest but why not come hear me you know me I'm family with you and you've never ever come to hear me But I don't, I don't even think about it. It doesn't even bother me. I, it really never occurs to me that she would. I have invited her in the past, but I stopped inviting because she never came. But this is how life is. And, and my family has no idea, none, of what's really going on in here and here, but that's okay. It's totally okay. I totally, I don't need that from them. I don't need it. I don't need any kind of recognition for my accomplishments. I used to though. So to me, it is part of our ego attachment healing. And there are many areas the ego holds on to attachments, and we're unhooking them all. And we don't have to do it one by one. We just work at that core level. I am worthy of love. I am love. I am good. I am right. Not in the sense of others are wrong, but I am right in the universe. I am right with God. And we just keep working at that foundational level and all the rest of it comes falling down and the truth is revealed. And we have to know that in the blink of an eye, we'll be in another dimension with our family members and laughing. Could you believe 
I held you as separate from me. Can you believe all the opportunities I had to love you would have made my life so much better? And I said, no, 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 no. And then turned around and said, God help me. God help me. God sent me you to help me. And I said, no, 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 no. We will laugh about it. We will laugh about it. I don't know what anything is for except it is to help me. Yeah. I think I remember the, the question. So is it ask the angels to for the shield or whatever it is? Because I have a hard time with that. Because for one, how do you shield out that? It seems like I know you're shielding out the ego and not the oneness, right? Um. And that was very, I think that was my learning that I, for me to, to help me get is that when I'm surrounded by the energy, not to accept it. Because she kept telling me what was wrong with me. And I, 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 maybe I accepted it too much. I listened to her and I acknowledged I could understand how she could perceive it that way. I didn't tell her anything else because I didn't feel like she would hear me and it would just create more something that I didn't want to do. And it could create like an ego battle or whatever. But I think that's the thing I have, I'm interested in learning. How do you accept what they're saying that you understand where they're coming from, but not accept the energy at all. And I really, I feel really challenged with that. Really challenged with that. It's a really wise question, Carla. Very wise question. And so first I'll share that There is nothing wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with them either, right? Yes, there's nothing wrong with any of us. Right. We may have stinking thinking, but we're not the stinking thinking. It's just something that we're putting our attention on, but it's not who we are. So I've learned that if somebody wants to tell me what's wrong with me, I can interrupt them and say, excuse me. If you're going to tell me what's wrong with me, I have zero interest. However, if you'd like to make a request of me, that I'm very interested in. But if all you want to do is tell me what's wrong with me and what you don't like about me, that's not going to work. So are you willing to rephrase it and recalibrate 
instead of attacking me, make requests of me. How can I be in better relationship with you? What would you like from me? Instead of telling me what you don't like and what I'm doing wrong, what would you like? Let's, let's reconvene and talk about that. Thank you for saying that, because maybe I didn't say it that way. But I said, ask her to tell me that. I don't know if I said that clearly. And she said, We're practicing. You, you are almost 60 years old. I don't need to tell you. You should know how to be already. I mean, it's, how do I, how do I, I, this is what I'm, I, I get it. If I'm seeing, I'm judging her to begin with. Um, whenever she's saying this to me, I, I'm judging her. I'm judging me in my response to her. So I have a really hard time being as clear as you, Jennifer, because I've, I've been working at it longer than you have, Carla. <laughs> no, I have. I've been working at it longer than you. And, and there's no comparison anyway. Because I had to learn the same way you're learning. I had to leave my family's house and say, I am never going back there. I am not loved there. There's no hope for me there. I had to allow my ego to say, you know, F them. I've had enough. I had to express that feel that and then come back into my heart and say okay what would i really like what would i really really like what i learned is that their judgments of me were simply reflections of my own self-judgment and if they weren't they wouldn't have bothered me I can tell you in the last couple of days, I've had some conversations with my brother because my dad is moving from Florida to Asheville, North Carolina. And, you know, I wouldn't tell this to everybody, but I'll tell this to you folks because we have a long journey together. We're friends. Um, but my brother kind of went ballistic and thinks my dad is a fool. And why is he doing this? He, he should research many different places. And my dad is like, I'm 82 years old. Ain't nobody got time for that. I've got good friends in Asheville. I love Asheville. Been there a few times. I like it. I'm moving there. I found, I went, I found a place I like to move to. I'm going to, the apartment's coming available in December. I'm going to move there. Florida's getting hotter and hotter. We got hurricanes. I, I don't want any part of that. I've decided I'm leaving for Asheville. His brother has a house an hour and a half from there in the mountains. It's perfect. I get it. I totally get it. And my brother's just like, oh, my God, this is going to be like the fourth place you've owned in as many years. Are you crazy? And uh, But my brother's in a different place of life than my father. So my brother is saying, you know, I just feel like dad's He's got dementia. He's losing his mind. Why would he be acting this way? He never acted this way before in his life. And I just say, you know, I totally get it. I totally get your perspective and point of view. And I just have a different one. Because in the, the first 75 years of his life, he was not retired. 
and he was married to mom. And mom wanted to read books and stay at home. And the woman he's married to now wants to go to all kinds of things. They like to go out six nights a week. Seriously. They're going to theater. They're going to parties for friends. They're going to art galleries. They're going, and that was not my mother. And North Carolina, Asheville has a huge, much bigger, more active, far more sophisticated nightlife. And people are year round. So they make friends with sophisticated people in the wintertime and then they leave in the summertime. So anyway, it's, there's all this to it. But my brother just keeps saying things like, you know, I just really, I think he's losing his mind. I think we have to address this. And I totally disagree with him. And I just say, I totally get how you feel. I totally understand how, how you perceive it that way. I just, I have a different perception. And in the past, we would have argued about it. He would have needed to convince me or I would have needed to convince him. My energy is so clear that it's totally okay for us to disagree. It's totally okay. It's 100% okay. And so he'll say, you know, this doesn't worry you. And I say, you know, I just see it differently, Mike. And so I don't feel worried. I see this and this and this, and I feel good about those things. And he's like, he doesn't know where to go anymore because he sees my ego is not in it. I'm just sharing my perception. And so it, he calms down because there's no opposition. And there's acceptance. Just acceptance. I'm totally okay if my brother completely doesn't see it my way and has a total disagreement. Other people would be bothered, but I'm okay. I'm okay. And so I know from all my years of fighting and arguing and screaming and yelling uh, with my family that the only thing that they can say that bothers me is my own self-judgment or my own fears. And I want to bring them to the light. So they are helping me to do that. And so I bless them and thank them for that. And And we're not their teachers, but we are their teachers, and they're our teachers. Just like every one of you is a teacher to everyone else and to me and vice versa. But we, we don't have to understand it in order to have a healing. So we also can learn to withstand, you know, you and I have not raised children, but a lot of the other people here have. And the thing is, is that the immature consciousness 
will scream and yell and say, I hate you. You make me sick. You disgust me. You're so wrong. You're so bad. But it's not what they really feel and believe. They just feel threatened. I think that's that's the key. I really knew that when when I she got mad at me and I went to her, I didn't want to go to her room. I'm like the spirit said go knock on the door and I'm like <laughs> did not want to do that and I did it and <clears throat> she had ten seconds of clarity in there in the whole time that she said I don't know why I do this. And then it was gone, right? And I realized she's afraid. You know, it seemed like in form, and I really need to say, speak this out loud because I've been thinking it, but it's, I'm forgetting it. Is it, she's been married twice. She's been married most of her life. She's had support. She doesn't trust God. She doesn't trust, she doesn't believe in the invisible. I suggested she pray for something. She's like, I'm not praying for that. You know, she judges what she can ask for and what she can't. And, um, I really want to remember that. That's what I'm going to remember is that she's really afraid. And so her fears don't reflect in mine probably, but that's, it's not her doing that. It's, so, Thing. When when we're afraid, like when we're really afraid, what would you rather have? Let's see what everybody has to say here. What would you rather have if you're feeling really afraid, really threatened? What would you rather have? Someone you love who loves you say, let me give you some suggestions here. Or would you rather hear them say, it's going to be okay. I've got your back. I, you're not alone in this. We'll figure it out together. I'm on your side. We're a team. What would you rather hear? Suggestions? Or who wants suggestions? Who would like, you want suggestions? No. Everybody else, you want comfort? You want reassurance? You want acceptance? That's right. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. So we learn that. We learn that. You know, here's the thing is, we know, Carla, you, me, all of us, we know that her fear is because of her thinking and that if she could shift her thinking, she wouldn't feel afraid. But if you don't know how to shift your thinking, that's not helpful. Love is the healer. Love your family. Love them right where they are, whether they love you back or not. Whether they love you the way you like it or not. It's not that you've done anything wrong. They have just helped you to see where you don't love yourself. So give thanks. Remember to laugh. 
And don't take it so seriously. I know that may sound dismissive, but we have to do that. We have to say it's not life and death. It's not. And even if it is, we're eternal. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, hang on a second. I can't unmute you. I don't know why. Oh, Zoom. That's what I need to hear, Jennifer, because I go there and I don't stay there. I go there and I, I'm doing the hokey pokey. <laughs> so I tell people, I'm doing the hokey pokey with it. And then I'm, I put my liquid in and I pull back out. And that's really. So I hear what you're saying. Is it, I, it starts, it, it's within me, all within me. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I'd hear what I needed to hear. So thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you, Carla. Anybody else like to share? Somebody on the phone? We've got uh, Kazi here. Go ahead, Kazi. I want to read uh, Karen Crothers uh, eulogy. All right. Okay. Yes. Okay, because she's in Spain, as you all know. So here we go. Great. Thank you. This is her future eulogy. Yes. All right. Today we come together to celebrate the life and legacy of Karen Louise Ryan Crothers. Karen is and always will be our wife, sister, mother, aunt, grandmother, great-grandmother, a.k.a. Moomba, friend and spiritual partner on this human journey. If you are here today, it is because she left her heart print on you, and you undoubtedly left yours on her as well. For that is, after all, what we are here to do. Karen would want you to celebrate her life and legacies, hug each other, laugh out loud, as you recall and share some of your memories of her, and eat lots of healthy, nutritious, and some completely decadent food together. Gratefully, I have here in my hands a eulogy Karen wrote as part of her A Course in Miracles Masterful Living class in 2018. Back then, Karen was in her 70th trip around the sun, as the millennials liked to say back then, and Karen already knew that the next chapter of her life was going to be an adventure unlike any of the others that preceded it. Here is what she wrote. Today, I have the honor to eulogize the last unimaginable chapter of Karen's life. said she laid her body down just like she lived, with grace and ease, her two best friends, as she would like to say, surrounded family and friends, breathing her last breath into the I am heart space where the alchemy of love and willingness joined together to breathe out love, unconditional eternal love. As we all know, Karen's life was rich. Yes, rich with both a capital R and a small R. 
full of family and friends, adventurous, energetic, and frankly, exhausting to some of us who knew her active lifestyle. In these later years, Karen gracefully accepted the new choices her body and lifestyle offered her as she welcomed a more meditative and contemplative daily practice. Her relationships with her adult children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren turned from silver to gold as she devoted countless hours to perceiving them, as well as everyone in her life and on this planet, as healed, holy, abundant, joyful, peaceful, and playful. She, she reminded us all to leave the world better, better than you find it, moment by moment, day by day, and to laugh often and play endlessly. If you're like me, you may think of her with a smile on your face when you remember her composting, recycling, and reusing right up to her last walk. When Karen stopped jogging, she walked and swam. She expanded her ability to see and listen with her heart and relive the vivid memories of her human pilgrimage in her mind's eye. She was always grateful to have lived long, lived well, and be blessed with devoted teachers, angels, and friends. She was committed to awakening to the truth of who she was and is. Well done, Karen. In you, I am greatly pleased. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Kazi, would you like to share anything? Well, um, it's totally Karen, and I love the um, part of to laugh often and play endlessly. Yes. And I also um, like about putting, you know, prints on your heart, because she's done that to all of us, and we've done that. You know, that's true for us, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's just a great teacher. I mean, she does live moment to moment. And you can feel the joy that comes through this. And um, she's always talking, you know, like, um, she's always talking about being healthy, happy, whole, peaceful, and joyful. And that's that's the walk she walks. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Yes, Karen, thank you. <laughs> Does anybody want to say anything more for Karen? Jennifer? Yeah, Robin. I, I mean, I just, the word tenderness comes forth. It, it, I mean, all of it was beautifully expressed from her heart, and there was just this expression of tenderness um, that came forth in who she is and, and just sharing with us. Yeah. Elena, let's see. Elena says, I love all of it. Feel touched to tears. I need to go as my kids are waiting for dinner. Love you all. Yeah, hi. Wow, look how big he's getting. Hey. Okay. 
Yeah, thank you, Robin. Yeah, you know, what's wonderful about Karen's and everybody else's too is, gee, I'm so glad you're in my life and I get to go with you. This is a great thing. <laughs> we are blessed, supremely blessed. We've got Anna Marie here. Hey, Anna Marie. Hi. Hi, everybody. I just uh, was able to join you. As I know it's late this last minute, but it's good to have the connection with all of you and with yeah. your loving hearts. Thank you. Yeah, glad you're here. Well, we didn't get to do what I thought we would do. That's good. It's all good. Carla? Hey, this one say as well, she, she, as she said, about the lightness and the laughter, I think, I think that's what I'm missing in all this, really, a lot. And it's interesting because there's app I play on, and I, and like yesterday I, I added, I told him like two jokes, kids jokes, and, um, and everybody loved it. <laughs> and I really, I guess I really like that reminder that, you know, Laugh. Oh yeah. So that was a good reminder. Thank you. Wonderful. Uh, Jennifer. Fuzzy. I wonder if I could read my future eulogy. It's less than one page because we're oh. going to probably not do them again. Yes. Yes. Please. Okay. Here we go. Thank you all for coming to celebrate Kazi and her miraculous life. Kazi lived life fully each moment. Her life was one of choosing love and living God's will. Some people turn to service as a means of their own survival. But when you come from the experience of the inner self, you serve to beautify, beautify God's creation. It is as if you become his, as if you work only for God, not because God could not do his work without you, but because it is sheer joy to belong to God. When you have the experience, I am God's, then you can truly live the life that God has given to you. When you have the feeling of belonging to God, when your heart is God's heart, you can hear the thunder of his laughter rolling inside of you. You feel God's presence in your being, and the pulse of his love moves you forward on his path. If others derive joy from your service, you know it is really God they are seeing in your actions. When this is the case, your service is pure and inspired, flowing naturally and inevitable like a bud blossoms into a flower. This is how Kazi lived her life until she was 100. She quietly and easily transitioned to be with the divine light, surrounded by those who loved her with a grace and love-filled life of service Kazi lived. What a grace and love-filled life of service Kazi lived. Yes. How does it feel to read it, Kazi? Um, it feels good to read it, and I was aware it felt really short, but that was it. <laughs> yeah. 
and simplicity is good. <laughs> yeah. And living a life of service is beautiful. Yeah. When do you go to India? I I go in um, two weeks yes, from yesterday. Anybody else want to would like to comment on uh, Kazi's eulogy or anything else? Linda and Carla. Um, I just wanted to say, Kazi, I mine was very short as well, especially my first one. I think it was like two paragraphs. <laughs> And I think I read mine after Karen read hers. <laughs> and I was thinking, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I guess I should have put a little more time into this. or, But um, but I know that it's perfect exactly the way that it is. And I know that yours was perfect. I mean, yeah, it just, it's the essence in just a few short words. So perfect. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you. What I really enjoyed <clears throat> was the connection to God. The firm, the, I don't know how to express it, but the foundation or the I don't know what it was. it was. It just seemed to be woven a lot throughout, you know, the whole thing. Isn't that, I mean, this is a question, but is that what we're doing? We're trying to I really loved how it was woven throughout of it. In life, I think it's Anna Marie's background. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Carla. I just said, I just loved how that's what we're trying to weave into our lives. And so it was really beautiful that even though it seemed like as a eulogy, the death, you know, how it was still woven into it. I, I love that. It was beautiful. It was like a poem, <laughs> really. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Robin, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to, Carla, that was lovely. It was so alive, Carly. It just had this aliveness to it. It was so beautifully written as um, as I knew it would be. So thank you. A whole different outlook. I loved it. What a journey. What a journey it was today. Anybody have any other Things they'd like to share before we tune out. I just want to say, say thank you so much for having this assignment, for you know, inviting us, for having this opportunity to do this because it's really been quite a journey in and of itself. 
and will continue to be. But thank you so much, Jennifer. And, and to be able to share with everyone and everyone to hear everyone's has been really, really incredible. Yes, it, it, it turned into something uh, really spectacular. And I'm just glad I followed the guidance. And thank you, Kazi. Thank you, everyone. Um, I'm going to remind everybody I had sent that email a few weeks ago about looking at the two um, offerings from Lynn Twist, um, the, the Soul of Money book, but also very importantly, the audio book, um, which I forget what it was called. Was it Unleashed? Um, Yes, it's the soul of many unleashed. Yeah, unleashing. I do encourage you to listen to the it, the unleashing the soul of money is only on audio, and I encourage everyone to to listen to that and then read or listen to the soul of money. And I sent that email with the links, and they're in your bookstore. Uh, the ministry gets a little money if you do it with our links. Um, and then if people, I, I think whether we discuss them or not, we're definitely discussing them in year one. Very, very valuable. This week in year one, uh, it, I started to bring up a conversation about the belief in lack. And, oh, it went in a very um, interesting direction and was a very, very powerful class. Um, so I encourage you to listen to this week's class from year one about lack and showing up in relationship. Carla, you in particular may find it um, very supportive of where you are now. And um, so next week there, there's a community call. We don't have a class next week. Um, so there's time to read that. And uh, to me, there's a lot more in David Hawkins book that I would like to discuss. We've just got, so, so so much richness to discuss in such depth and it's it's pretty spectacular and oh. I would just chime in about the um the Lynn Twist books and the audio is that it's amazing how the beliefs around money are in everything it's I've found it very helpful I've listened to the class one and and uh, I just encourage people to partake because it really is very rich as you say and it's not just around money <laughs> yeah thank you yes the separation could not happen without lack and limitation thinking so lack and limitation thinking are how the we experience that separation it's all of the same piece and it shows up anywhere where we feel um, deprived or anything like that and uh, it's amazing how we can work on uh, the separation thinking in all areas of our life and really heal it and feel oneness and feel united so and self-forgiveness number one tool we got number one so clear about that. Oh, all right. 
Let us pray. So grateful and thankful to harvest the wisdom from our learning through our humility, through our self-forgiveness. So grateful and thankful that we are willing to see an expansive future where we are of service by our very presence in other people's lives, in our own life. We are a healing presence. We are an expansive presence. We are a loving presence. And we are grateful and thankful to go forth and relinquish all thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation, surrendering them all to the Holy Spirit, opening our hearts and our minds to the free flow of love. So grateful and thankful that love is our healer. So grateful and thankful that love is our nature. So grateful and thankful that love comes in an unlimited supply. So we're opening up the floodgates. It's nourishing. It's reviving. It's revitalizing and restoring. And we are grateful and thankful to claim and allow it fully now. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. So if I don't see you until the next Ascension Pathway class, I'll see you in two weeks and come check out some of the other classes and I'll see you soon. I love you. Mwah. Thank you. Yay. Yay, God. <laughs>